Hey, this is Mark, aka Thorn678, to my Polish friends. Dzień dobry, mam nie Mark. I want to talk about Jedza today, a master that uh, immediately caught my eye and I made a proxy crew for, which I posted on a weird place that was made of like Frostgrave models and Hordes models and, and things like that. Uh, Legion of Everblight, uh, Strider, I think, for uh, Mikhail, and a. Um, um, Kariana Rose was um, Austera and Twiga. So, um, surprising that I haven't um, done this episode sooner and that I haven't played her yet, but I wanted to get into that today. So I'm first going to talk about um, Yedza 1, but I also am going to talk about Yedza 2. Um, Yedza won. She didn't hit the table yet for me because she seems more appropriate to how I used to play Malifaux. I had this like big shift in playstyle from I'm just going to sit here and can, and just try to control my side of the board and control positioning without necessarily killing anything. Um, as opposed to um, being an alpha striker, which I've totally turned into. So when Yedza 2 got announced, I was like, oh great. Well, I get to I get to do my um, alpha striking, so that's great. I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, so I'll briefly go over everything how you know I have been doing with these with these episodes. Um, so I mean, right off the bat, so she's um, defense five, uh, willpower eight, move five, size two. Her entire crew's movement is really underwhelming until you bring in uh, to account Sophie, the fact that she gives everything that starts within, I think it's like an aura three plus one movement. So she's essentially move, I'm sorry, she's movement four. So she's essentially move five. So yeah, five, eight, four, two for her stats. Uh, her chronicle is wander after another model within six heals. Model may have the next damage. Um, that, they, uh, that the heal model suffers uh, reduced to zero. Um, I'm not sure... I, I don't know exactly how this works. I'd have to get it on the table. Because if somebody's getting beaten on on my opponent's turn, my guy's not going to heal. Because originally, I'm like, oh, great. So they take you know, an attack once, and then the next one's reduced to zero fine. Nope, that's not how it works. So I'm not sure. I'd, I'd have to crunch on this a little bit more. If I figure it out, by the time I publish this, I'll do an addendum. And if somebody explains to me, then I'll do an addendum. I'll probably ask Swamp Fiends. They they know things. Uh, Font of the Everlasting. Some models with four or less health that start their activation within six. Heal one. Okay. So that includes enemy models, except for the fact that she has inevitability of death, which means once per activation, when an enemy model within an aura six would heal, this model may have it said suffer an equal amount of damage. So they're they're pinging, they're pinging. Um, she's hard to wound. Um, fragility of life, that's her her life token things. Um, she starts the game with two life tokens, and when somebody dies within six, she can bring them back to life. It's it's important to note that they don't heal. They are um, well, I guess okay. So they do heal. They do heal, and they go up to two health. So. Which is great because you know it, it, it um, that gets them around like hard to wound because you know you can just, if they're if if master tagging, they master it's model. They're hard. They're I'm sorry, hard to kill. It gets around hard to kill. Um, master hits a model. They are hard to kill, so now they're on one. They hit him again. Boom, they're, they're dead. He has to bring them back to life. Now they have two health. So most of the master can do probably for the most part is hit them again and take them down to one health so um she's unimpeded thank god because she's slow but um even with sophie so basically it's like the crew has average movement as long as sophie's alive who is you know, squishy uh she has drain life six inch resisted by willpower not a gun icon it's important to note two three four and this model heals one mask pulled here and there trigger a little bit of number one action there life of the earth this is going to be something where you can just use constantly or not at all depending on the board 
Target a train piece, can't target the same train piece, any models within two um, must pass a 13 move duel, or they take damage or gain distracted or gain stagger depending on the traits. So, I mean, situationally, situationally amazing most of the time. Um, something to do if you don't know what else to do, I guess. Um, impassable terrain. I'm sure that every board is going to have a decent amount of impassable terrain. So you'll have this effect of the enemy wanting to avoid hiding behind impassable terrain for cover because they can just, they can, they can possibly take three damage. Um, similar to my view on shockwaves, forcing possibly multiple duels and it's like unopposed, I get, I, I have to make my flip. And if I make my flip, then you have to do a flip. Um, it's always money. If they flip a good card and that card's out of their deck, or they flip a crappy card and they either take the effect or cheat from out of their hand. So I, it's win, 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 no matter what. And at the very least, you gain information. Information about the deck, information about their hand, etc. Her tactical actions, um, lost knowledge, remove target marker, draw two cards. Um, I was trying to grind my gears on this. Like, how do I set this up turn one? Because I don't like a whole lot of, like, engine revving turn one in my deployment zone while my opponent establishes board control. I like it to be the opposite. Uh, but she, her bonus action, a weary road, friendly, only move the target three inches and drop a scheme marker into base contact with it. So you weary road somebody, and then you lost knowledge and draw two cards. Uh, I mean, you could... Um, also, if you're doing this when you're in the thick of things, if you have a crow, you can choose a model to gain stagger. All right, great, fine. Plenty of wares. Heal one, two, three. It's, what's important to note here is how Yedza can make you take damage when you would heal. Now, there's a, a, a few important caveats to that. One, you have to have the damage done to heal. So if you severe this and you heal three, but the person's only miss, the model's only missing one, then they only take one damage, they don't take three, because it's the amount that they would heal, as per recent FAQs and things. Um, you know, the ram, they heal one, an extra one, purification, and a condition, curse to wander, move them um, up to a number of inches equal to its move. If they are an enemy model, though, they can pass target number 15 willpower duel, which is massive to do it. Um, target number 15 willpower duel, that's, that's insane. Um, so yeah, that's Yedza. Yedza one. Um, definitely a... She synergizes well with her keyword type of master. Uh, she makes her own models better. There's still room for Winston Finnegan, I feel, uh, for that Arcane Reservoir, and depending on the pool, the Don't Mind Me. I think Don't Mind Me is is just really really good and break the line. And even if you're engaged, you can just you know move and interact. Um, in theory, almost always. Um, let's see here. I don't have a whole lot of other thoughts about Yedza 1. She's going to stay alive probably for the whole game, even without much of a Soulstone cash or a whole lot of protected. Um, she's not necessarily doing a lot of the heavy lifting as far as scoring points and killing. Um, my thought process is that she's not necessarily going to be the one that's at the forefront leading the charge, getting the damage in. She's more kind of filling in where she needs to. Like, you have a model that has a couple health left, you can plenty of wares them with their deck. Like she's finishing off the straggler. I imagine that you're always every turn. Why would you not weary road and then lost knowledge unless you have a killer hand or for whatever reason you just have to you know walk twice and interact to score a point because it's pretty much always better to score a point. And I recently had a dilemma come up where I could either deny a point or score a point. I went for scoring the point just because um, you, you never know. Your opponent might have some sort of interaction, maybe something you didn't think of, or they pull something off that is crazy and unlikely to help, it's, uh, or unlikely to happen, but now all of a sudden, boom, 
they get their point, and not only did they get their point, you didn't get that other point that you that you could have could have scored. Also, another dilemma: I could have either with a war pig um, charge into combat to, to try to hit McCabe to try to get him down, so I could um, do assassinate, or I could um, go over and pick up a simple. I went over and picked up the symbol, which in retrospect was probably the right thing to do anyway, but at point, boom, there's a point right there. So I just went for the point because I, if I had gone after McCabe, he has say in whether or not it happens. He could flip highly and just screw me, or he could um, cheat because it was pretty obvious that I had assassinate. Um... Now to talk about Yedza 2. Yedza 2 is the other side of the coin to Yedza 1, clearly. She really makes this a master that you can pretty much take into any pool. You can do Yedza 1 if you need to kind of control the middle and just stay alive. And Yedza 1 if you just need to tear up the field and do some and do some killing. Uh, that made me think of Major Pain. You gotta be somebody needs killing. No Major. There's nobody left. You've killed them all. So her willpower 8 is gone. She's now um, willpower 7 instead of 8, which is still insanely good. Um, she's moved 5, still size 2. So what makes her incredibly special is the fact that she has irreducible damage. She can tear up the field and pump out this irreducible damage and also add in... Um, uh, life. She can sacrifice up to two life tokens with a uh, built-in trigger to add damage. You add one damage for every um, life token that you discard. Uh, D Sorry, I'm sorry, her, her stats. 5-7, on a 40 mil base with um, 12 health. Her chronicle is replaced with ancient bones, so some within six aura heals. They gain either shielded one or staggered, so you can punish your opponent for... Um, for healing as as well as buffing yourself with shield. It's always good. Curse of the Dancing Forest. Uh, once per activation, we're friendly. Seeker within eight with field health would heal. Small instead gains a life token. So she doesn't start with life tokens like he gets a one. Um, she gets life tokens through um, healing already full bottles. So like Grave Goo is going to be probably in a lot of her crews because and then you just activate it near the beginning of the turn. His regen, too, will proc her to get a life token. Uh, she has life leech. So when an enemy model starts its uh, activation in four, this model heals one, and an enemy model suffers one damage. So you'll probably be able to get a life token off of that, too. It's going to be exceptionally difficult, I imagine, to keep her in life tokens. So you're probably going to be, like, loaded up with life tokens, spend the, uh, spend the, first, spend the first turn charging the battery, and then you're going to discharge the battery in one big blow, you're going to do probably massive amounts of damage in that initial that initial spike. And it's going to be a matter of keeping her alive and getting life tokens back on her. So you need to keep Sophie alive because of her built-in trigger on, on her bell. She's going to be crucial for keeping life tokens on, on Yedza 2. Um, she can gain a life token with off the path. Um, you can suffer, you can have the, the model suffer a damage and gain a life token. You need a five of rams or better. So not terrible. What I really, really like about Yedza 2, almost more than the fact that she does irreducible damage, is she summons more wraiths on a shockwave that has a range of eight. And it takes a crow, a five of crows, and a uh, life token. So you, you do a shockwave, which pulses out injured and one damage on a move 13 duel, but also summons a um, summons a more wraith. Or you could have it just put a geode marker, which is also good because she can dredge up, which reminds me a lot of Nexus 1, which is the way that I like to play Nexus 1, is arc nodes through your models. It kind of reminds me of War Machine. Um, I tend to really like the things in this game that remind me of War Machine, actually. Uh, Hoffman 1 was one of my favorite masters to play because he was like playing War Machine. Anyway, dreads up so she can she can move something, uh, a uh, terrain marker up to, uh, a non-scheme marker, rather, a non-scheme marker. She can move it up to four inches and then take an attack action through it. She can't do that to the same marker more than once per turn. 
So you make that, you make that uh, more wraith, and then you move it uh, four inches, which is basically its full move anyway, and boom, inter- irreducible damage through it. So at that point, you're going to be 12 inches away in, in best, uh, at best, 12 inches away. So you're going to be in safety. So there's a lot of there's a lot of value there as far as keeping her back in your crew to keep her alive, keep the batteries churning to get life tokens, but also create additional AP than what you hired. I don't know if it would affect if the fact that I'm going to be summoning more wraiths would necessarily affect my crew selection. Uh, as better podcasts than I have said, such as Swamp Fiends, um, Seeker bottles become worse in Yedza 2 than Yedza 1. But that's pretty typical. You get the keywords that rely on keyword synergy and you don't hire out a keyword much and then you get ones that where it doesn't really matter a whole lot. Uh, based on how I interpreted their feelings of Yedza 2, I don't know if I would say that she... That the that seeker models are as worse as maybe Swamp Fiends would say, but that might just be my interpretation of uh, of what they meant. I still think seeker models are going to be important to her. Um, you could certainly super friends her, but you can pretty much do that with almost any almost any um, explorer society master. Really, I mean, you could do it with you know uh, maybe not all iterations, but like even you know you could do Ivan too. You could do a super friends list. Maxine 1 or 2, you can super friends. Uh, McCabe 2, there's all kinds of things that you can do. Um, McCabe is probably the worst at super friending and explorers. Uh, you could even super friend Scooper 1. Why would you not want to have a 357 gun with um, the Archivist and BB and Calypso on the table? Sure, why not? Um, so her melee attack is a 1 inch 6 with a ram built in, 2 3 4 irreducible. If the target is killed, this model heals too, and that ram to- ram trigger is the only trigger that it has, and that is to discard with two life tokens to add plus one damage. She can off the path, so you know, discard card, move based on how much, or based on the value of the discarded card. Um, with a tome um, models within two of the target heal one, losing yourself. That's the ram. That's the one I was talking about earlier, where you gain a life token. That's re- really all there is to her. And it, she's unimpeded. She's faster than the other one, at least. So then the other one. I see myself taking both of these equally, purely based on the pool. If I know that my opponent's bringing armor, hello, irreducible. If I'm not so wor- worried about having to take his crew down and I just need to stay alive, then I'm bringing the other one. I feel like she still synergizes well with her own crew, as well as being able to um, still use staple versatiles of um, Explorer Society. Um, you could um, even Bellhop Porter to make her bigger so she can see over dudes. Uh, you can get to huck that that shockwave or to be able to see markers to dredge up. There's there's all kinds of value here. Um, I, I could even see running the same, the same list and then all you change is uh, which iteration of Yudzu you're using based on your opponent's declaration simply because of how diverse and complete her keyword is. Yedza has a very complete keyword. She answers a lot of questions. She has the coveted um, interact, move, interact with the damned. She has ranged uh, marker drops with Austera and Twiga. Um, she has... Um, Marker shenanigans with um, and uh, debuffs with um, the lamplighters who can even um, move your own models up the field a little bit and heal them. Uh, chain, mobility with the chain gang on um, the surveyors. So there's there's well, what can't she do? She can do pretty much any pool. Like all explorers, well, most explorer society, the seeker keyword is essentially snails. Most of them have moved four. Her totem helps that a little bit, Sophie. Uh, She has move along friendly models that start their activation within a three or again plus one move until the end of their activation. She's size three, so that helps. You can see over things. Companion. Chronicle is Caravan after another model within six heals. This model may have the healed model discard a card and then draw a card, so good hand cycling. 
there's a lot of potential for card cycling in this crew. Uh, Austere and Twiga can you know, disc discard two cards and draw two cards, and um, I'll get more into that when I go over her card and have it in front of me. Sophie's also an impeded, in typical explorer's fashion. A low movement number, but lots of movement shenanigans, unimpeded. So it's one of the main weaknesses of, there are two main weaknesses of Explorer Society, low willpower and low movement. Not every model has low willpower and not every model has low movement. But in general, if you're playing a master such as Pandora, you're gonna have a field day with willpower. And I mean, they can bring Vernon and Wells pulse out to have his, his aura that puts um, them at a minus but that's only going to cover so many models and they're size two so it's not like they have a huge presence to for that aura it, i mean then they could put the bellhop porter on there to make them bigger on their turn but that's not really gonna that's not really gonna help a whole lot and it's a major point sink anyway and so uh Sophie, also what you're going to be using her for is her camp by candlelight. She has the Bell of the Vanguard built in. You need a six or better. Till the end phase, after another friendly model ends their activation within range, this model may discard a card to end a condition on that friendly model. So there's some condition removal. More importantly, on the um, RAM trigger that's built in, this model suffers two and a friendly Yedza within range gains a life token. With a mask instead of that built-in RAM, um, Bell of the Vagrant, so I misspoke earlier. I meant um, Long Rest, not Bell of the Vagrant. So her bell makes it so enemy models can't ignore or be unaffected by terrain. So occasionally useful. Occasionally useful. Not, you know, it'll be really good against crews like uh, maybe Ma Tucket with um, making, or um, Sparks, who makes uh, scrap markers, pit traps. There's, there's some, there's some, good stuff here um and the enemy models cannot be cannot ignore or be unaffected by train so i mean very situational because you know sparks makes it so their his own models are his friendly models aren't affected by the scrap pit trap so basically it would undo that so i mean you know it's not going to probably be game changing that specific instance but i'm sure that this would have its usefulness i know that that combos well with the um surveyor who has a hazardous aura that i'll get in more when i get to them her bonus action is grab from the pack, friendly seeker only. It needs a six, has a two inch range, and target gains focused one. So, you know, you're putting that on either Mikael or Yedza, if two, if you're playing Yedza two. Um, you know, she has a, a zero inch range attack, a two, three, four, and injured plus one. Place the model anywhere in a base contact with the target. Yeah, this model. So, you know, you can warp Sophie around, get her into aura range of other things. Um, and she, with a mask, you can pulse out a willpower duel, target number 14 willpower duel to push models around. Not amazing, but you know, she's a, a totem with six health. It's hard to wound. Unimpeded. So she's doing her job. Her job is to is for that you know bit of support at the beginning of the game, beginning of the turn. Typical fashion. I'll give a pronunciation lesson. We have Mikael the 16th. So it's not Mikhail, like everybody, everybody says on the podcast. You know, this is a, a real name. It's a real Slavic name that, like Gorbachev, his first name is Mikhail. So, um, or yeah, it's the it's the Slavic version of the name Michael. Nine cost henchman. I can almost never think of any instance where you wouldn't bring him. Six five four two for stats. Armor one. Caught in the ring, so you have to attack him if you're in, if you're engaged by or if you're engaged by him. It's Chronicles protection. So after something within six heals, he places in a base contact with them. That's how you warp him up the field. He's hard to kill. He's unyielding. He's unimpeded. He has nine health. Two inch stats six against defense. Koshe the epitaph blade. Might be Koshai. I'd have to look that one up. Target suffers three, four, five, and this model may have any one model within four inches of the target heal one. So you need to be procking chronicles for days. You can zip him around on a tome sweeping strike. Here's where the interesting thing is on a crow in memoriam. Choose a non joker in the top five cards of this model's discard pile. Place the chosen card on top of this model's fate deck. So if you're at a um, a negative 
or a neutral. You can take a severe out of your deck, put the put that on top. If you're at a negative, you can hope that the next the next um, card drawn is severe also. Or if you're on a neutral, you can guarantee yourself the severe damage. Situationally game changing. In tomb, once per activation, eight inch shockwave move twelve damage to and stunned. Stunned is always good. Any models suffer minus one to their duel to resist the shockwave for each type of non-shockwave marker within three of them. So that can be more wraiths because they can be treated as as um, a, as a marker. Um, yeah, that's strategy markers against certain crews. Um, this can be ridiculous. So like if you're in the middle of the board by a, a corrupted ley line or whatever strategy marker and there's a scheme marker and a scrap marker and a um, and a corpse token, all these things. Oh man! And then blown back on a on a mask. Uh, push models damaged by its action three inches away from the marker. Whatever. Tactical actions. My father's legacy. It needs it needs a six. Friendly only. Target gains focus plus one. Move any number of enemy models engaging the target up to four inches towards this model. And with a mask, you can take a combat action, a uh, uh, claw action. So, this is how you draw models to you, and he gets to hit. And his bonus action is a shrug off, discard a card in one condition. So you're zipping around the board with him, cutting fools down. You're protecting, you're protecting your models. He's just loaded with value. Like I said, I can, I, I, I I don't know why you would ever not take him, at least in the current gaining grounds. He just does so much. He's moved four, but, I mean, you're you're teleporting him around the board, so who cares? You could always put treasure map on him if you want him to have deadly pursuit. That could be super good, too. Um, he's the staple out-of-keyword super friend for his ridiculousness. Um... In general, there's a lot of overtuned models in this game, especially right now, that within their keyword they seem fine, but then they seem overtuned for what they do when they're taking out of keyword, maybe. I'm a big fan of out of keyword. I'm not a super huge fan of super friends, uh, just because I have a two man meta mostly, and it would be really boring playing super friends against each other all the time. But, um,. I took him in a tournament with uh, when I played Anya, and he, he did his job. He cut fools down. So uh, that's really all I have to say about Mikael. So Astira and Twiga, one of my favorite models in the game, a seven-cost enforcer. Uh, she is five five six two. Um, she has Herald, so she gets to move six inches at the start of the game. Um, she has Scout Ahead, so she gets to pick an enemy model to deploy before anything else. I love that ability. If, the, if you know that your opponent has a um, model that's really going to poop in your Cheerios, you can say, where is it going to be? And see if that does you any good, because sometimes it doesn't really matter, but... We'll see. Um, she's hard to wound because she's undead. Her chronicle is when somebody heals, she can look at the top card of the fate deck and may discard it if she wishes. Uh, a one-inch range stat five against defense, sharp claws, two, three, four, with siphon life and rake the eyes. Uh, she has a bonus action attack, knit aerial strike, which ignores cover, concealment, and line of sight, one, three, five, 12-inch range, stat six against defense. Um, Ram for Puncture, Tome for Vantage Point, which lets her drop a Ski Marker anywhere in between, in the area between this model and the enemy. Love this ability. 12 inch, ignoring range, or ignoring line of sight, cover, concealment, all that. It's really hard to hide from that. You can, you know, have your opponent has one model that they just really need to take, that you just really need to take out, and they're doing a good job of keeping it away. Well, it's really hard to keep away from all that. I mean, it's not a stellar minimum damage, but one, three, five, like, focus strike that crap. Um, tactical action, nature's rejuvenation, once per activation, discard two cards, draw two cards. Eyes in the sky, another bonus action. 
range eight meets a nine. Uh, drop a ski marker anywhere in range with a reposition trigger. It's on the mask. This is just such a cool model. I don't know that you necessarily bring her like all the time, but I just absolutely love the um, love the aesthetic of it. I'm doing some research on the name. Uh, Stira appears to be the um, Spanish uh, female form of the word austere, and Twiga can be pronounced either twig or twiga. It comes from Middle English that means skinny or a twig. Uh, I'm not sure if it's if it's um, original pronunciation it was twiga or twiga. It, considering the Germanic influence of Middle English, it's also a real last name which can be pronounced either way as well. Such a cool model. Um, I like bird. Well, I, mean, I like all animals, but I, I like birds. I'm a bird person, which I don't actually own any birds, but I grew up with a, a ton of birds. I think at one time we had like over 50 birds, um, which that was extremely noisy in the morning. But uh, you know, it's bird people, almost like a sub subclass of, uh, of man. There's something different about bird people. Um, so I imagine you bring this model um, to pick a flank and scheme on that flank or harass, maybe do um, they can pivot into a more support role. I think she can drop some markers. She can do the ever amazing um, ski marker, move ski marker. Uh, it's not necessarily interact, move interact, so it's not quite as useful generally, but still really good. Um, the, she makes things like deathbeds and uh, detonate charges be really attainable. Uh, and for only seven stones, it's a lot of value. She's not super survivable. Um, one of the games I played her against Nekima, she went down in like one activation. Um, I don't remember if it was against Nekima herself or one of the matures, but she is not a face tank by any stretch. So you got to play smart with her, which I thought I was doing, but when you play against a crew whose minions have a uh, like 17 inch threat range, it's, it's tough. Um, but yeah, so uh, not much else to say about this model. It's an amazing model. Love it. And another favorite model in the game, the Damned, who is an undead beast, shares a keyword with Savage 5553. His chronicle is what's for activation, another model with six heals. Any models within one of it suffer one damage. Well, ice blood? Huh? 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 Yeah, maybe not. Hard to wound. Old ways, which can be super amazing. I've had many situations where I really need to get that leap off, and all I have in my hand is good cards. I know, terrible problem to have, right? But it feels bad discarding a you know, a 10 or an 11 to, to, uh, uh, to, um, get off a, a card that only needs, like, you know, a six. So, yeah, I mean, chuck that card and then old ways it back in your hand, uh, to, you know, cheat fate with. So, um, you toss away the scraps, so after this model kills a model with a claw action, one friendly model within six heals two, so it can be him, it can be somebody else, and then you can start the cascade of Chronicle. Uh, he's unimpeded. Ferocious Claws, stat six, he gets defense, one inch range, two, four, six. Ugh. Push the target up to two inches in any direction. Critical strike and pouncing strike. So, again, able to bounce around the field because he also has leap with a built-in suit, he needs a six. Um, hopefully they leave that there. They like to, you know, just the, the damned is one of the super friends, and weird loves to punish super friends instead of fix. So I, who knows what they're going to do to him? Maybe take away the the mask being built in. I think a mask being built in on a um, eight cost enforcer is fair. Um, take it off of a nine cost henchman, fine, but an eight cost enforcer, I leave it on. Uh, Breath of Frost, 
so two, three blast, four double blast, models damage gain staggered. Frozen to Earth, instead of um, a, a dropping blast markers, you can create um, ice pillar markers. So there's some second level play here with Yedza 2, um, with being able to, um, I'm sorry, not Yedza 2, with Yedza uh, being able to uh, target that with the attack where um, she pulses out a test based on the terrain type and it does interact with Yedza 2 and being able to dredge up. It's another marker that she can move and then attack through. He can do the coveted interact move interact because of the leap. And it's a six leap, so you're placing at six inches if it's a 50 millimeter base. Oh, I'm sorry, a 40 millimeter base. Um, that's like a seven plus inch move. 25 millimeters inch. So it's like a seven and a half inch move-ish. Um, he's extremely squishy. It, it may not seem like it, but he is. Um, he also failed to face tank Nephilim, so be careful. Uh, don't rush him into battle necessarily. Scheme with him, maybe finish off some, some fools, but um, he, he's not uh, he's he, he, he's not a uh, not a face tank, and uh, he's he can be a beater, but I don't know if that should necessarily be his primary role because he'll get him killed. I would play cautiously with him. Uh, if you're using him, I imagine if you're hiring him, the way I usually hire him is his his primary duty is is um, scheming with the leap, and if need be, he can leap over and finish a guy off. I, I don't think you should be at the, the forefront of your beatdown. But that said, if you do get him in there to beat down, he can ping pong around with his uh, mass trigger, his bouncing strike, places model in basic contact with another enemy model within five inches, line of sight, then takes action again, targeting that enemy model. So he does have a lot of beat down possibilities. But again, I would use him more as a finisher than a starter. The Grave Goo. Uh, stats, or I'm sorry, cost 7 Enforcer. He has no characteristics like Living Undead Beast or that. He has no characteristics. 5-4, five, 5-3, five, he's on a 40 mil base. His Chronicle is Leech, so he um, causes damage to buried models with consumed upgrade. And he, um, and with that Chronicle, he causes enemy models with in base contact with him to gain poison one, he's hard to wound, um, regen plus two, he's slippery, so you have to be in base contact with him through the muck. So this model is unaffected by severe terrain, and after this model moves, if it came into base contact with any terrain, it gains shielded plus one. Trail of slime, so enemy models treat terrain in base contact with this model as hazardous, damage one, and poison one. He has eight health. Uh, sludge Strike is your inch, six with a crow built in that gets defense. You can target buried models with a consumed upgrade, ignoring range on sight. Target suffers two, three, six damage. The built in crow is infect, so poison plus one. Accidental rollover on a mask pushes model five inches in any direction, ignoring models. Models this model boot through this way suffer one damage and gain poison plus one. Uh, his bonus attack action engulf, zero inch range, five with a crow against movement, enemy only, attach a consumed upgrade to the target. The, the crow is creamy nougat filling, the target suffers one irreducible damage, or encroaching mass, immediately increases this action's dual total by the value of this model's shielded condition. So whenever you're moving with this guy, you're going to make sure that he touches terrain, at least nicking it, so he can get that shielded. And then tactical action, Grim Feast, remove target corpse marker, this model heals 1, 2, 4, 2 inch reach. So this is a really cool model. I don't anticipate him being an auto-include type of model. Um, I would say based on the table, you can take a look at the table and see if there's a lot of area terrain especially bringing him. Um, but if the table is, is rather sparse, that does not mean that you don't take him. He just is an annoying model for your opponent to deal with. Slippery is super annoying. It just totally neuters why some models are even brought. Like, some models are brought for their 2-inch engagement range. Uh, it, it just totally kills that that uh, usefulness 
for them. Um, I just, I love this model in, in theory. I really, I gotta get him to the table, but um, he's sturdy. He's pretty sturdy. He's got that regen too. So when you're playing with the Edza two, he's gonna be one of the first activations to heal when he's at full health, so that um, she can get a life token. Um, being able to bury models, um, you attach the upgrade, and you know when they activate, they can pass the test to get out of it. So it's not, it's not. Um, Totally, totally, uh, you know, berries, berries are berries, right? Like, they're strong, but they're not like a, oh, I win the game now. So, you don't want to fall in the trap of, okay, I brought this model that berries, so I need to just make sure that I bury something or else I'm doing it wrong. No. Don't, it, points are prizes, go for points first. If burying a model doesn't help score you points, then don't do it. I don't, it, Thune comes to mind with... Um, Euripides, like he's still a useful model without being able to bury, so just don't fall into the trap. Use the model for the best situation on the board. Try not to be blinded by, okay, I brought this model so I could bury somebody, and then just, you know, your your end goal is to bury somebody if you're also trying to win the game. Do what wins you the game. It'll be fun, but um, I'm not saying don't have fun, but anyway, I won't go down this rabbit hole too much. So, the Grave Goo, bring him a lot. Super annoying, cool model. The Kurgan, the new boy, the enforcer that shares a keyword with Swamp Fiend. The Fluff, apparently he's like a mutual pet of Yedza and Zoraida. Um, my buddy and I have a theory that Yedza and Zoraida are the same person, especially since if you look in like Slavic lore, Yedza and Baba Yaga are basically the same thing. But anyway, so he's a cost eight enforcer, five four, five four, eight health on a 50 mil base, armor two, the chronicle is lost in the wood. Um, when somebody heals, model may move, move the healed bottle up to two inches towards this model. Shifting earth, this is what you bring him for. When this model activates, it may choose another friendly model within three and place it anywhere within three of this model. So you're just warping people up the board. You're either warping models that are in trouble, out of trouble, or you're getting your alpha strike set up. He's unimpeded. Uh, his tactical action I want to talk about first, mudslide. It's a three inch aura. Needs a six until the end phase. The area within range of this model is treated as severe and concealing terrain. Friendly swap fiends and secret models are unaffected by this terrain and may treat this model as severe impassable concealing terrain marker. If it would be removed this way, instead suffers two or deals some damage, blah, blah, blah. Bolts strength on a ram. Freight models heal one in range. Shifted. Choose an enemy model within range on a mask. The chosen model must pass target number 14, move duel, or this model may place it anywhere within range. So, oh, you're on the ley line? Oh, no, you can't. That doesn't matter anyway. You can't place um, mobs below. So, but um, you're in key position to score. Your opponent has tipped their hand at claim jump. Boop, you're just nowhere near the center of the board now. You're outflanked. Boop, you're just you're just out of there. This just kills any positional uh, schemes. And he's a 50 mil size four, so he's seeing everything. And 50 millimeters is two inches about, and then three inch aura around him. So we're talking 11 inches of nastiness around him. Uh, 11 inches. Oh my gosh, I can math. Eight, eight inches of nastiness around him. That's such a huge bubble. That's just nuts. I mean, your your opponent has agency in whether or not it goes off. You can, they can you know, pass the test, but still, that's that's just it's making your opponent flip a card or cheat a card is always good. Uh, so let's get to attack actions. One inch stat six against defense. Tingling roots, so it's the same thing that many other models have. And um, he can ignore range line of sight if he's in the same piece of terrain as uh, the enemy or as the model that he's targeting. Target suffers two, three, four damage. Heave on a ram. Spread it around on a tome. So it's a plus blast damage and staggered. Avalanche six inch range. Resistance movement needs a five. Push the target five inches in any direction. Ignoring models and terrain. Any models within uh, two aura, I'm sorry, two pulse of the target must pass to the target number 13. Move duel or suffer one damage. Reach model or terrain piece. Move through this way. Ah, eh, you know, 
you can't it, it, it can't all be major win right you bring this model for the other shenanigans you don't bring this model for its attack actions you bring it for mudslide you bring it for uh shifting earth everything else is just gravy so he would combo really well with the grave goo too if there's a big piece of of like severe terrain on the board grave goo and the kurgan are just there this is my board so um he's not an auto include i would say he's probably um included a lot in yedza 2 for setting up your irreducible alpha strike he could also be brought in yedza 1 to help teleport mikhail around but eight stone. There's a lot of competition for stones in this in this keyword. There are a lot of great models, and it's always such a tough decision trying to figure out who to drop and who to keep. Whereas models like Mikael are essentially auto include. I don't think anything else in her keyword is auto include, which makes it more difficult to figure out who you want to bring. You really have to analyze the board, your opponent, if it's somebody you know, how they play. It's a really cool model, with a little owl on it, and a voodoo doll like pointing outwards, like onward to adventure. I just love it. Really cool model. Can't wait to get my hands on this. This is something that I won't be proxying until the actual model comes out. So that is all I have to say about the Kurgan. Um, after I get some reps in with him, I'll record another episode in this series and talk about him. The Lamplighter, one of my favorite models in the game. It's something I'm going to say a lot about this whole keyword. I already have. We'll continue to do so. Uh, stats, I'm sorry, cost 7 minion, 5552. Ancient lamps create 2 dim height 4 concealed lamp markers and release 4 inches for another marker. Seeker, model, uh, seeker models are unaffected by friendly lamp markers concealing trait. So that's critical there in the wording. Friendly lamp markers. So it's not like if you're playing a uh, mirror match that all of a sudden these markers don't do anything. There's that friendly in there that is a qualifier on that. Chronicle of Seclusion, so he can push healed models an inch. He has Don't Mind Me, love that ability. So you can interact when engaged, and if he has disengaged. Shimmering Lights, enemy models that end a move within two inches. Uh, aura of this model gains distract one after resolving the current action or ability. So here's the thing. The devil's in the details on this one. So a charge is essentially two actions. You take a charge, you do a move, or you do a push, and then you take a, an attack action. It's two separate actions. It's very important with the wording on some abilities. I didn't realize this. It has screwed me in the past in games because I didn't realize how this works. Since that attack action is considered a second action on the charge, even though the whole, the whole charge is one action, it's really not. The charge lets you take an attack action after doing a push. So, what that means is somebody charges the lamplighter, they gain distracted before they get that attack off. So, it gives them a little bit of survivability because he has nothing else. He's stat 5, 7 health. He has no other, he had no other defense. Uh, I mean, he'll gain pluses if he's around. Um, a lit marker, which we'll get to. So, his, his um, bread and butter is... Um, is like the way it's a tactical action, it's a bonus, and it needs a 5, 2-inch range. Target a lamp marker for the remainder of the game. Even after this model leaves play, the target is lit. Friendly models within a 2 aura of the lit marker each receive a plus to any one duel they take each activation. This stacks with other markers that... Uh, this was covered in Rage Quit Wire that they talked about this. So you can't benefit from the same aura twice, so it's not like you would get... So if you're around two um, lamp markers... You'd get a double plus. No. You would get a... Let's say you're being attacked. You would get a plus from one of them during one attack, and then you get a plus from the other if the opponent attacks you again or if you're attacking them or whatever. Uh, let's see here. Uh, on a tome, any models in four or uh, four pulse of the target must pass the target number 12 willpower duel or be pushed four inches toward the target. So more manipulation of board state. And on a mask, you're coming. We may push the target up to three inches in any direction, then place this model, then place this model into base contact with it. So you can be warping your your um, lamp lighters around. So it's a two inch range on a 40 mil, uh, I'm sorry, on a 30 mil um, lamp marker. So you're, and then you move 
that three inches already, you're looking at five, a little over six inches. And then the lamp lighter places, you saw a 30 mil base, it's like so. So you're, you're, you've got some pretty good movement shenanigans. Like typical, typical um, Explorer Society, you have middle to poor movement stat, but you have lots of movement shenanigans. And another tactical action that's a bonus, burn the midnight oil. It's a range eight and needs a five. Target a lit marker until the end phase. When taking the interact action, this model treats the area within two aura of the target as base contact with itself. It's nuts. Just don't mind me. You can be engaged. You need to get a uh, a um, you need to get a, a symbol that's too far away. Your opponent's trying to lock you down. Boop! I pick it up anyway, even though I'm um, two, four, like five inches away from it. It's great. And on a crow caught in the act until the end phase and miles within two aura of the target cannot take the interact action. So you can go lock down, go lock down symbols. You see a symbol over there, bloop, you can't interact with it. Um, a turf war marker that your opponent wants to go flip. Uh, bloop, nope, but you can't interact. And they can kill you, but they can't flip it to them. So I love this model. Everything about it. It's the aesthetic, what it does. In typical fashion, I love the number two the most. The um, the knights looking well. I don't know. Well, it reminds me of knights, even though it doesn't really share any characteristics with it. Um, oh gosh, I just love these guys. The way their aesthetic is just so cool. It's just so it, it it embodies like that old school Malifaux feel that I feel weird has gotten away from a bit since it went to plastic. So they just have this odd mystique about them that is just it's just so cool um it was seeing um these models that made me say okay you know what i'm making a um, proxy crew for this that i ended up never using but i still did it so lamp lighters you know they're going up the middle they're controlling they're helping they're helping control the the middle of the board i i suppose you could send them up the flanks uh, i'm not sure if that's if that would, if they'd be able to survive the flanks very long, if they're trying to do like outflank or something, um, they can maybe do a little bit of harassment. Um, oh, I forgot their attack actions. Um, so they're also helping move up the board with unnatural glow. It's an eight-inch range attack action that's against willpower. It's a stat five and needs a ten, so you need a five. Push target three inches in any direction. This model may have the target heal one or one two three if it is within two of a terrain marker. So you're helping set up your alpha strike you're moving models aboard you're doing that out of activation ap realloc reallocation which is um an aspect of malifaux that i like to uh that i like to utilize to win games and with a tome steel monument once per turn discard a card create a dim lamp marker based contact with this model so this is how you're getting your markers out um so you can oh you can just really manipulate the board in unexpected ways here. You just have ways of really messing with your opponent's plans. And a 2-inch range attack action that's a stat 5 against defense. The lighting stick target suffers 1-3-3 three, three and gains burning 1. And on a mask, drawn to the unknown, push the target up to forge toward a terrain marker in its line of sight. So, I mean, you can... There's all kinds of nastiness that you can do here. See that Kurgan over there? You can treat him as a terrain marker. Okay, so I'm going to send you four inches over to him, and then the Kurgan's going to activate, and your model's now going to be so far out of play that whatever plans you had for him, I'm going to do something stupid and set you up to do something great, but you're, you're talking a, a long distance that you're kidnapping models from. So, uh, yeah, that's the lamplighter. Uh, I don't have anything much else to say, except I, I love this model and everything about it. Just, just, I, it's just great to me. The more weight, the little four soulstone models that could. These guys get a lot of hate on the internet. Um, they're a cost four minion. They're four 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 two armor one. Chronicle of servitude. After another model within six aura heals, this model may move up to toward two inches towards the healed model. Rolling stones. Other friendly seeker models may treat this model as a severe impassable terrain marker, which cannot be removed. Other models treat the area within two aura of this model as severe. Through the muck, so the same thing as the Grave Goo. Get shielded. Heart Slam. 
one inch stat four against defense. You can lower your condition of shielded by any amount. One, two, four damage, plus one for each shielded lowered. Hold over on a mask, push target four inches from this model, then push four inches towards the target. Dirt nap, eight inch range stat four against willpower, target gains slow and heals one. So you can do some play with that. You really need to get a uh, one of your chronicles off and you have a way to remove the slow, or if it doesn't matter if the model's slow, or it's more important to get the chronicle off, boom, there you go. Tactical action, bonus action, final rest, four inch um, pulse, needs a seven. Remove all scrap and corpse within range. Um, choose a number of friendly models in their line of sight. Um, up to the number of room markers, and each chosen model heals one, so you can, you can be really messing more with the chronicles. Um, you know, Sometimes when you're creating a crew, you have an awkward number of stones left over, and I can see this guy getting put in to a crew in order to fill that space. You know, where like you have five models and you have like a, a weird number of stones left, where like even if you throw like an upgrade or two on, you still have like too many stones left, and you just really need to fill that gap. You could bring a more wraith. I would probably almost always take a hopeful prospect instead who costs the same and can turn into a lamplighter or a surveyor. But, you know, I mean, different strokes. Now, where this model comes to light, I think, is in Yedza 2 because she can summon one. I mean, this, this is like the perfect example of a model that should be summoned. You get this guy in the middle of your opponent's crew, and unless they're unimpeded, you're just, you're just really messing with their day by having that two-inch aura of severe that they put out. Um, really cool models. I love the aesthetic of these. Again, one of my favorite in the game. They're like people made of mud. And I just love it. It's so good. They're so full of personality. Um, again, number two is my favorite. But number one and three are also cool. Number three looks like he's like... Um, like He's not steepling his fingers, but he's kind of doing like nervous hands. He's got a little pipe and a little hat. I just love it. It's just cute. That's right. I said cute. That's more Wraith. Don't have much else to say about it. It's, it's gonna die quick if you if you try to get it into combat. It's it's just a it's just something that's there. Um, the Surveyor is one of my favorite minions in the faction. I um, I take this model with Anya. I think every game I've played with her, I've brought a Surveyor. Five four four two six health, armor one, Chronicles Geomancy, so they create a geode marker uh, that's impassable and hazardous within two inches of the healed model. Price of progress, so take a damage to add a suit, and he's unimpeded. Thank God, because he's moved four. But like most explorer societies, it's more than meets the eye because he has chain gang, three-inch range. Move the target three inches, move yourself three inches, must end within three inches. Field of Steel, another bonus tactical action until the end phase. Enemy models treat the area within range, which is a two aura. As hazardous terrain, needs a seven. Surveyor's tools, uh, two-inch range, stat five against defense, two, two blast, three blast, sweeping strike uh, on a tome, and mass hysteria on a mask, a hooked chain, which is an eight-inch gun, five in, uh, five stat five against defense, two, three, four, push target three inches towards this model. On your heels, which would be what I use this for, on a mask, you can place in the base contact with the model. Pythagorean Quake, it's like the attack action of, um, uh, what is that? Uh, I forgot what the name of that scheme from Gaining Grounds 1 is that everybody calls the dead scheme where you have to like get models within a triangle of three schemes. It's basically that. Um, I've never even had a situation where I would even try to do that, so I can't even comment on it. But to me, what this guy does is board control. He's helping move models around. That two-inch engagement range, love it. Putting out the hazardous, love it. Um hooked chain to warp himself up the board. This is what he is used for, in my opinion. Is initial unpacking of your crew, especially in a in an angled deployment. Corner, most of all. And then he's just there. He, he I, I usually use them for scheming, and I've also used them to um, harass my opponent's models on the flanks by engaging them at two inches. Because they're surprisingly sturdy for six health without armor one. Um, it, five defense, nothing great, but like you're not, you're not, you're not taking on a mature nephilim and expecting him to live for very long. It's not what you're doing with this guy. So uh, I mean, that's really all that I have to say about the surveyor. Um, the Christmas land for me in the with the with the surveyor is put up field of steel, 
and then hook to chain an opponent that is um, maybe bunched up with others and then place yourself into base contact engaging a bunch of guys with his two inch range and now you've got um, a hazardous field around them so I'm not sure uh, like what is he doing is he like spinning around in a circle with his hooks out uh, I don't know sounds cool to me that's the surveyor okay so let's talk about versatiles um, I mean, you know, the Intrepid Effigy, I like a lot because of its lead the way. It is the perfect effigy for my um, reallocation of AP strategy. And it has, it still has the aura that the Emissary has. It's really nice only paying four stones and then two with the upgrade to get the 10 stone model on turn three. I, there, there's always the possibility that your effigy will die, but... Just gotta play it smart. If it dies, it dies. You know, I mean, do what you can. Or you can always start with the emissary if you really want that babysitter. Um, you know, discard a card to become the new target of an attack action. So with Mikael and the emissary, you really have a dynamic duo of protection for Yedza. I don't know if it's entirely necessary. Again, like I said, I like the I like the um, effigy more. I don't know if you need the bellhop porter. I mean, you could do emissary, Mikael, and bellhop porter, and it's like it's just a bubble of nope. You're not doing anything here with its extended reach, preventing charges. I don't think its additional size does anything for you. Like, the, at least it's super obvious. Um, Maybe it does. I don't know. I'd have to play with it a bit, I think. But I don't I don't see any apparent really great combos just at face value. I think the intrepid I'm sorry, I think the, the um Bellhop Porter overall is a bit underrated. Um but I, I don't know if it necessarily has any any um play in Yedza. Other uh, so the Alpinist, another great versatile they can really help with unpacking especially if you're in corner deployment it's a tight deployment zone um, models that are within its aura can ignore models and terrain while moving I think there's a typo on the card I think it's supposed to be models that start their activation because you can't like move through walls or you can't really like move through much terrain because as soon as you lose line of sight boom, you can't move through that terrain anymore. So that's that's kind of awkward. Um, I think that's an oversight on Weird's part, but I'm guessing that it was intended to allow models to, like, walk through walls and such. Um, I could be wrong, maybe that's not the intention. I don't know. Uh, it also can... It has, like, a, a sort of allure with its silk rope. Um, you know, it's attack. I... I, I think if you're attacking with the effigy you're probably doing something wrong or not the effigy i'm sorry the alpinist you're probably doing something wrong um you, you can do stampede i suppose really cheap it helps you unpack your crew can help you move your crew up the board um you know pseudo lure for your enemy it has its place hopeful prospects you know, they have that ram on their um, heel that can... Or I'm sorry, the ram on their end of condition that can heal. Yedza hates stun. I mean, who what doesn't hate stun? But Yedza really hates stun. So you have your condition removal. It's a four-stone model. And if it kills something, it becomes a, a minion that shares a keyword. So boom, there's a lamplighter. Here's a Morwraith. Here's a, um, a Surveyor. They're not really doing a whole lot other than that, but you know, they're insignificant. So there's not a whole lot of motivation for your opponent to kill a hopeful prospect when you've got all this other big nastiness on the board um mr ingatoro i i think he's always good An obey with like built-in suits when he's targeting something lower uh, he has his nasty poison lock uh, neurotoxin stuff and he's good but again uh, you're always competing for stones uh, let's see who else we have for versatiles. Huh, da, 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 da. That might be all I want to talk about for now. I mean, out of keyword in Explorer Society in general is 
it, it is pretty much almost always the same. I mean, you, you've got BB and Calypso who can pretty much always be taken in out of keyword, um, at least until they get fixed. I imagine some sort of fix is coming their way. Like maybe not the discount that you get on Calypso when it's hired into an out of keyword crew. Um, if you hire Dr. B, I, I don't know. I see something changing there. I'm just not sure what. And I'm sure there's play in using Calypso just as a tank and not a not always comboed with BB. That would be interesting. That would be an interesting interaction I'd like to see. I think it was was a Capital City crew or Rage Quit Wire. Somebody was talking about like um, taxiing around a uh, a uh, um, what do you call it? a runaway and Lord Cooper's crew. That would be good. that'd be kind of funny. Anyway. Uh, you know, you've got the Archivist, you've got BB and Calypso, you've got all the usual suspects for out of keyword. Um, I don't know if you necessarily need those in Seeker because Yeds already has some card cycling. Uh, the the Archivist is nasty with his attack anyway, but I don't know if you, I don't know if you really need it. Yeah, I don't really have much to say. Um, I don't really have much to say about out of keyword with Yedza. So I will um, get back to you guys with um, more once I get some games in and talk about how things went and um, my my follow up thoughts.